try to remind the Lord. And uh, if the Lord would speak to our hearts, it's not doesn't matter if you hear what I say, but if God speaks to you, that'll help you. Amen. And uh, share a few verses of scripture here out of Philippians chapter four. I've been teaching in Bible college out of the book of Philippians. As a matter of fact, concluded it this week and really, really enjoyed it. It's one of my favorite epistles. And uh, thought through some verses there last week in Philippians 4 that I've just had on my heart. And uh, I want to share just a few thoughts with you from those tonight. And... uh, we get our reading tonight in verse number 4, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Me and Brother Neil this morning was standing in the back of the church there, and he's talking to me about reading in the Psalms about rejoicing in the Lord. And when he said that, I, I thought about what Paul said right here. He said, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Verse 5, let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we ask, Lord, that you touch the help, Lord, the service time tonight. God, you know what needs to be said and done around here. And, uh, Lord, uh, you've laid a message on our heart. And I pray that you'd help us deal with it. And, uh, Lord, the way that you'd have for us too. God, I pray that you'd touch hearts across this building tonight. We'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I want us to look tonight at that phrase in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. And I simply want to preach a little while tonight, if the Lord will help us, on the command to rejoice. The command to rejoice. And uh, talk to you just a a little bit out of these verses. Now, I don't know about you this evening, but I always want to have joy in my heart. Uh, You know, this world's full, full of negativity and trouble and strife. And uh, I don't want to add anything to that. Do you? I... Uh, I'd love to have a joy in my heart and a smile on my face. Uh, that's much better than frowning. To get along is a lot better than arguing. Amen. Uh, to, to, to be friendly is a lot better than to be sour. And uh, I always want to have joy in my heart. Uh, I remember now, a few weeks ago when I first went to work at Michaelville, I was doing my rounds, and I went out the back door, and I was whistling a little. And uh, uh, Adam stuck his head out the door of the janitor. He stuck his head out the door, and he said, I was wondering who that was whistling. And I said, ah, yeah, I'm just whistling out through here. And he said, well, you've not worked here long enough to learn that we don't whistle here. <laughs> Amen. He said, you can't be happy here now. That's against the rules. Don't whistle here. <laughs> That's not exactly true, but... Uh, you know, everybody ought to have a, ha- a happy, happy in their heart. And so, uh, wouldn't you like to, you know, I got to think about this. Wouldn't you like to be different, stick out, make an impact? Amen. If you want to be like everybody else, be sour. Because about 90% of the people you meet are sour. Yeah. 
Am I, am I not? I mean, most of the people you run into out here in the world, they act like they're about ready to fight. They're about this close to fighting. A lot of, I go to a lot of churches, and a lot of people in the church act like they've been sucking on persimmons all week long. Just, just all mean old scowl. I don't be that way to you. Is that how you want to act? Uh, I, want to, I want to be remembered because I had joy in my heart, don't you? So I'm preaching a little while tonight on the command, the command to rejoice. First, let's think just a minute about the order to rejoice. I got two or three things here I'm going to deal with. I won't be long. Let's think about the order to rejoice. Now, here the Bible said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Now, if you want to get technical and look at uh, the grammar of this thing, you'll find that that phrase is in the imperative mood. That means it's command. And it's in the perpetual present tense, which means it's a command today. It'll be a command tomorrow. It'll be a command the next day and the next day and the next day. We are commanded to rejoice. Now, I'm going to make a statement right here, and then we're going to go down through here and look at it just a minute. But originally, when I make this statement, you're not going to be sure whether or not I'm right, but I'll show it to you, the Word of God. Rejoicing is not necessarily the same as being happy. Not necessarily the same. Now, a lot of times, them two things go together, but it's not necessarily the same. Happiness is an emotion, and you cannot command an emotion. I want you to think about that. I can't command you to be happy. Happiness is an emotion. I can't command you to be sad. Now, I may do something that makes you happy or do something that makes you sad, but I can't command you to be happy or sad because those are emotions. And yet Paul here commanded the Philippian church to rejoice. I will say this. I will say this to you. Now, this is advanced. This is advanced Christianity. This isn't Christianity 101. This is advanced Christianity but you've got to learn how to rejoice even when you're not happy. That's the key to this thing, is to be able to rejoice in your heart even when you're sad. Be able to rejoice. See, you, got to, you can't always put those two things together. The book of Philippians was written from a Roman jail cell. It's one of the prison epistles, and yet... The theme of the book of Philippians is rejoice. That's the theme of the book. Uh, Do you think Paul was happy every day uh, down in a Roman jail cell? Of course he wasn't. There wasn't a lot to be happy about. Yet he found reason in his heart to rejoice. Uh, Let me say this. Let me put it to you like this. Uh, Paul had something the world couldn't take from him. Uh, Paul had something that Nero could not steal. Uh, He had had a joy in his heart. Uh, that was uh, not dependent upon the circumstances of his life. Hey, he was saved no matter what. I'm glad to report to you he was able to rejoice. So it's command. It's not an option. We're not, you know, Paul didn't say rejoice if you feel like it. Rejoice if you take a notion. Rejoice if it's convenient. He said rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, Rejoice. So what is it? Well, uh, let's think about the occasion to rejoice. Now look at verse 1, chapter 4, verse 1. He says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for 
my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Eudeus and beseech Synthi that they be of the same mind in the Lord. Paul, I believe, if you'll study the book of Philippians, probably wrote this entire letter for this one verse. There's two ladies in the church at Philippi that were in an argument. And Paul wanted them to get along. Paul loved the church at Philippi. If you remember when we studied the life of the Apostle Paul, it was the first, uh, it was the first salvations on the European continent. Uh, uh, he sailed across the sea there. There was no synagogue. Lydia and some women were down by the river praying and they got saved. Uh, threw him and Silas in jail and the Philippian jailer got saved. Uh, they established a church in Lydia's house. He loved these people. Uh, and, but there was a problem down at the church at Philippi. They were arguing and fussing. And, I, and Paul said, listen, uh, you guys got to get of the same mind. Uh, you've got to get on, hey, you got to get on the same page. Uh, y'all have to learn how to get along. And that was the context in which Paul commanded them to rejoice. It's almost like rejoicing is a remedy for trouble in the church. Now, don't you listen to me? We got this core people here, core people. As a matter of fact, even some of our core people ain't here tonight because they're sick. But definitely core people here tonight. And uh, I'm going to tell you that the key to harmony in the church is rejoicing in the Lord. That's the key to harmony in the church. I, I love how that we dwell together in unity. I love it. There ain't nothing more aggravating than church aggravations. Oh, my goodness. And people call me a lot during the week. I got all these gray hairs, and they think, you know, that I know stuff. And so they call me. They have trouble at their church, preachers, and different ones, and won't know what I think they should do about it. And I'd give them some advice. Whether it's good or not, I don't know, but it's advice. And... Uh, Every time I hang up from one of those phone calls, I think, thank God. Thank God. Because I know, I've lived that. I know what that's like. Boy, it tears your insides out. You can't eat and you're sick all night long. How do we keep that, though? I mean, do you think we're above it? We're not above it. One of y'all could get sideways this week with somebody else or with me. And by, by next week, we come in here and we're in a brawl. So how do we keep from doing that? Paul said, I beseech Eodius and Synthi that they be of the same mind in the Lord. Now Paul had told them earlier in the book of Philippians to let this mind be in you which also was in Christ Jesus in Philippians chapter number 1. If I think with the mind of Christ and you think with the mind of Christ, then guess what? We're all thinking with the same mind. And then we can rejoice in the Lord and it'll keep us from having trouble one with another. Listen to what I'm preaching tonight because I'm telling you the truth. We need to rejoice in the Lord because that is what keeps trouble down. Rejoicing is a remedy for trouble between the believers. I want to, and this right here is where I want to get to preach. I want to just preach on some observations about rejoicing. Look back at verse 4. I'm just going to give you a few observations here tonight 
and uh, we'll all go fast. Think about the meaning of rejoicing. What does it mean? What does it mean to rejoice? Well, preacher, uh, yeah, you know, think about if you had to define rejoicing. Rejoicing is one of those words that it's easier to do it than it really is to define. And probably some of you would say, well, it means to be happy, to be joyful, rejoicing. But that's really not it. If you look up that word rejoicing in the Greek, it has a lot to do with fellowship. Matter of fact, in other places in the King James, it's, it's translated uh, fellowship kind of words. And so it has a lot to do with me and you shaking hands and smiling and hugging necks. That's rejoicing in the Lord. Uh, not necessarily just shouting and running, but fellowshipping one with another, enjoying each other's company, being hospitable, uh, all those sorts of things, that's rejoicing. It's when me and Brother Billy are both on the same page, we're in one mind, our hearts are filled with the joy of the Lord, we hug each other in an embrace and patting on each other and shaking each other's hands and laughing and going, that's rejoicing. And that is what Paul commanded the church to do. That is the healthy atmosphere of the church. That is the, that, is, that should be the expected atmosphere of the church is for people to get along and dwell together in unity and love on one another and fellowship with each other. That's the command of God is that we rejoice in that way. It has to do with being hospitable. It has to do with hospitality. I'll get that word out in a minute. It has to do with hospitality. It's a joyful, the definition says a joyful salutation. And so that is its meaning. But then I want you to think about the being of rejoicing. Look what the Bible said. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Boy, I'm going to do some preaching right here. I feel it coming on. That, that phrase, in the Lord, when you study that out, you'll find that it's in the dative case. What does that mean? Simply this. It means it can either be two or four. In other words, my rejoicing can be to the Lord. When I'm rejoicing in the Lord, it can be to the Lord. In other words, the same way I'd shake hands with you and hug your neck, I can shake hands with the Lord and hug his neck. The same way that I can be hospitable to you, I can be hospitable to the Lord. I can say, Lord, you're welcome at the house. Lord, let's fellowship a little while. That's, that's rejoicing in the Lord. Boy, I've seen some of you do it over the years. God would get a move in the Holy Spirit, moving in your hard and you go to fellowshipping in the Lord. Boy, that, we need more of that. That's fellowshipping to him. But then that, word, that phrase can also mean fellowshipping for him. And so when I see a brother that's down and out and I hug his neck and I say, I love you. I'm praying for you. Is there anything I can do to help you? You know what I'm doing? I'm, I'm rejoicing for the Lord. I'm helping my brother along life's way. I'm engaged in some rejoicing for the Lord. 
I'm being his hands and his feet. I'm extending a helping hand. That's rejoicing for the Lord. That ought to be the atmosphere of the church. Rejoicing for the Lord. Boy, we see somebody down, we'll try to help them up. We see somebody that's having a rough spot, well, we'll try to help them out. That's rejoice. And so he said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. But then I want you to think about this. Not only its meaning and its, its being, but look at its display. And there's some more verses down through here. I'd love to preach it out of, but this is about all I got in me tonight. Look at verse 5. The Bible said, let your moderation be known unto all men. That's in the same context of your rejoicing. Now, what's that mean? What's that mean, moderation? You look at that word moderation. It means gentleness, temperance, self-control. And so in that same instance where he said rejoice, that is to be hospitable, to be loving one to another. He went right on that very next and he said, let your gentleness, uh, let your tenderness, uh, let your self-control, uh, moderation be made known unto all men. You know what that means? If I'm going to rejoice in the Lord, sometimes I got to put aside little old things that I, that I value too much really in order to get along. Sometimes I got to let my moderation, my self-control. There's times, there's been times, I'll say this, there's been times in the church that people have said things to me, rubbed me the wrong way. And then I had a decision to make. I could, I could make a big deal out of it and cause a problem that was a problem over the whole church or I could swallow my pride and let my moderation be known unto all men. And be gentle and temperate and let it go. That's rejoicing in the Lord. See, I ain't got to fight about everything. And if there's one piece of advice I give young preachers going into pastor churches, you ain't got to die on every hill. I thought, when I first started pastoring, I thought I had to fight every one of the battles, all of them. And bless goodness, die on every hill. They's all worth dying for, you know. I mean, you know, you pass the offering plate from left to right. That ain't right. You're supposed to pass it from right to left, bless goodness. And that's a hill worth dying on right there. The stupidness, stupidness. And I've learned over the years, there's certain things that I've got to let my mind. That's not compromise. There's certain things that it's just my opinion. It's the way I like it done, but it's not necessarily the way it has to be done. And I can just let it go. I, I, I can swallow my pride and let my moderation be known unto all men. That's rejoicing in the Lord when I care more about unity than I do get my way. Now, sign of spiritual immaturity is always having to have your way. Always. You take these kids. You take these kids. You ever watch them run around here at, after the service over, boy, they're cute, ain't they? But you let one of them get a hold of something the other one wants, what is it? It's on, buddy. And everybody has to have their way. Every last kid in here has got to have his way. You know why? Because they're immature. It takes maturity. It takes maturity for them to go, I don't have to have that. It takes maturity to go, I can share that. Or I, can, I don't have to have it. My, that takes maturity. 
But you get a bunch of Baptists together, and what happens? A lot of times they say, well, I got to have it my way. And this is, I got to have it my way. And there's no moderation. They can't come together. They can't get on the same page. They can't be of the same mind. And there ain't no rejoicing in the Lord because they're on opposite pages from one another. I'm just simply saying, sometimes we got to let our moderation be known unto all men. I tell you, I tell you, I tell you. You know, my darling wife, sweet and lovely, right? Everybody loves. Everybody say, how did you end up with her? She's so sweet. You don't live with her. <laughs> no, she's sweet at the house too. But I'll tell you right now, if she pastored this church, there wouldn't be nobody left. <laughs> there have been times we ride up a road. She said, bless goodness, i tell you right now, if I, I know what I'd do. I'd, say, I'd tell you right now. Let me at them. Let me talk to them. I straighten that out in about five seconds. I tell it. I'm going to start quoting this right here to her. Let your moderation be known. <laughs> Let your moderation be known unto all men. I, I understand these times I like smack people too. You see people doing things, you're like, what is wrong with you? What, what are you doing? There's times like that right there, you got to go, <clears throat> let my moderation be known unto all men. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Now, why should we do it? Why should we do that? Well, look at it. The Lord is at hand. Now, this is simple. Man, you talk about simple preaching. Right here is the most simple preaching you ever hear in your life. You know why you ought to act right? Jesus is watching. You know why you ought to do right? Because Jesus is watching. That's basically what Paul just told them. He said, get in the same mind. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your modern nation be known unto all men. You know why? Because Jesus is watching you. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. He's watching. He's watching. I want to have a joy-filled life and a joy-filled church. Amen. I don't stand for the right things and draw the line where you're supposed to draw the line. And if you got to, if you got to handle things, you handle things. But in situations where you can let your moderation be known and keep unity in the church, I think y'all do, there's a balance there. There's a line to walk. You know, and I all the time tell them folks, there's ditches on both sides of the road. And uh, you, get, you can get in the ditch on either side. So you got to balance out, see, and let your moderation be known unto all men. Well, that's what I had on my heart. I don't, I don't know why or who for. As far as I know, there ain't nobody arguing or fussing. I just had that on my heart. So there you go. Let's stand together. Father, thank you, Lord, for helping us to preach tonight. Lord, best we could, just preach the Word of God. Lord, would you help us as a church to be a rejoicing church? Would you help us, Lord, to have joy in our heart? Let our moderation be known unto all men. And Lord, to always remember, you're watching. You're watching. So we need to live our lives right and clean. Do that now as only you can. We'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray.